Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with ASE Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Morning, Dan. Happy good. New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. Thank yeah. you. It's you good a, to be here. You have a good week? I did. I hope. Yeah. yeah. Boy, how can you not have a good uh, that. The past couple of days have just been... I, I washed cars out on the uh, out, outdoors this week. Yeah, it was beautiful. I was going to ask you, but speaking of the, the weather and your business... At Lloyd's, you know, at this time of year, many years, I'm sure you've to- had cars towed in, non-starting. It's 10 below zero, issues like that, or lots of snow. Uh, you guys are still busy. Well, we're lucky. We stay bu- we stay full anyway, yeah. which is which is a real blessing for sure. us. I'm glad that, that that's the case. But uh, no, that if when you get this kind of weather in January, it can be it can uh, it can certainly cause business to slow down because you're not getting any of the cold weather related breakdowns so uh, it can be hard for us it's nice it's it you know when everything is just right there's a calm and that's a good way of putting it things are smooth and and uh when when the uh severe weather hits it sometimes can be way too much it gets really stressful and it's, it's hard tough. to manage at all hard but, to get around and yeah all that in fact the text by the way if you have any kind of a car care question before uh, you bring in your uh, vehicle to your favorite dealer or your favorite shop. Why don't you give us a call or send a text to Dan? He'll uh, give you some idea of what might be wrong with you. And that's always good to have, uh, we always say that, the more information when you bring in your uh, your vehicle for some repair that you have some idea of what might be wrong with it. Helps everybody. Save some time, too. 651-989-9226 is the phone number. We've cleared the line, so you can use that to call Dan. Or send Dan a text, that number, 81807. Didn't get a text earlier, Dan, before you arrived about, as we say all the time, uh, you're, you're suggesting that sometimes take take your uh, vehicle uh, to a shop. If you need that kind of professional help, take right. it to a shop or a garage. He wants to know what's the difference. Is Lloyd's a shop or a garage? <laughs> Never had that well, question before. I, I, it's I, both. I don't know. It's both, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's whatever you're used to calling it. It's uh, back in back in the day, they were probably more garage or or even uh, you know back in the day, lots of them were gas stations. The car repair shop was oh, that's true. Related or had gas you had experience they, with that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I had lots of experience with that. that that's where I started. And, yeah, but they uh, you know they get they had gas pumps out front, and that would attract business and was a good way to market your business. And sure. Uh, but that's things have changed. It's not like that so much anymore. There's still a good number around, but not quite as many as not it as used many. To be. Yeah, I was. I wanted to t- mention to you that uh, uh, Tony and uh, my family's been out of town for a while, and I moved Tony's car instead of outside. He gets the one to have the vehicle that stays outside into the garage, mm-hmm. and it sat there for about nine days. Uh, I had started it, put it in right away, shut it off. Right, which maybe was not the right thing to do. I'm not sure. Uh, but I had trouble starting it, and yeah. it was like it wasn't turning over. It was like I hit the start button, and it would, like, try to start and then uh, just die right away. I mean, that the electricity would stop. Right. Now I'm thinking, uh-oh, because it's a new battery. You put in a new battery there. Right. Oh, so it's my fault. No, no. <laughs> just like home, right? <laughs> no, so the battery was yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, right. But what is it? Is it the same thing, spark? Fuel, well, it's, air. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because when a car sits <clears throat> for a long period of time like that, nine days is, is a good long period in of this time. In weather. Right. Um, first of all, with relating to the electricity on the car, there is 
uh, or the electrical part of the car, there is always something that's on. I mean, there's computers that are memories that are being run for backup and all that sort of stuff. So there's always a minimal draw on the battery. Okay. And uh, and also just sitting, you know, things settle and change and fluids drain from one place to another. And, and you know, the, over that amount of time, things change. And so it's not unusual for a car to be a little bit difficult to start after it's been sitting for a long time okay. or for it to start significantly differently than you're used to hearing it start. And, in fact, um, on my car, I, of course, leave my a car out in Colorado that sits, uh, you know, for months at a time. Yeah. And after it's been sitting for a month or two, I'll go to put it in gear and it won't go. You know, <laughs> it the car has to run for maybe up to 30 seconds before it'll actually pull itself. And what happens is, uh, you know, with the car sitting like that, as good as a seal is, <clears throat> the seals still let a, a little bit of fluid leak by. And what happens is a torque converter in the transmission drains down. And that has to get filled back up with fluid before it'll pull itself. Huh. So, you know, I, of course, first time it happened, I got very concerned. I'm thought, sure well, you What's that? That worried, you know, I was worried. But now it, I, it does it every time. It does it on two different vehicles that I've had there. And so. So that's normal to. To me. To you. That, yeah. yeah or, or to that vehicle, that's normal. Now, all, all cars won't do that. But uh, to that vehicle, it's normal. And it happens. So, all right. So my answer to you is don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. If it started. It, it ran fine after. Yeah. If it started, just go and it'll yeah. be fine. All right. <laughs> All right, thanks for that. All right, we have callers, we have texters, Dan. Let's get to them. Uh, Julie is first up here in uh, St. Paul. Julie, you're on CCO with Dan. Hey, good morning and Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, I have a question about my 2008 Scion. Um, The VSC light keeps coming on, the check engine light and the skid light. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had it checked because at one time the ABS lights were coming on also. And there was a short there, so that was fixed, and everything was checked out. They reset it, and I drove maybe 250 miles or so, and now those three lights are on again. Had it reset, and then I drove maybe 10 miles, and they came on again. But I, but the car drives fine. I don't notice any noises or anything. So I'm wondering, if is that something to worry about? Well, it, it probably is. No, it's not something to worry about. But it is something to you should do something about it. If the if if the check for example if the check engine light comes on uh, for any reason, it will dis disable your anti lock brakes and your traction control, and that's why the traction control lights are coming on at the same time. Um, so the light you want to go after right now is the check engine light. See why that's coming on, and uh, get that. You know, have somebody figure that out and get that repaired, and there's a good chance that that'll take care of all the lights if you do that. To get it but, in, yeah, and, and no, don't worry about it. You're you're right. The car is running just fine, and when you turn it off, it takes several miles for it to come back on, which is normal. Uh, the the vehicle has hundreds of self tests that it does, and it needs needs the right conditions. Uh, for the you know driving down the road warmed up um, you know gas tank has so much fuel in it I mean it needs a whole bunch of conditions to be met in order for it to have completed all the self tests that it goes through 
uh, to be sure that everything is working okay. And, and of course, when it fails one of those tests, fail self-tests, that's when the check engine light comes on. And, you know, it's taking 250 miles. So it's taking a while uh, in that case. I wouldn't be surprised if you have a problem with your evaporative system. Okay. Um, but at any rate, no, don't worry about it. But, yes, do get it in and get it checked, and, and they'll figure it out for you. Thanks, Julie. Happy New Year to you. Uh, Pete is calling from St. Paul as well. Hi, Pete. You're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. I have a 2004 Chevy Trailblazer uh, LS with rear heat. Um, when you start it in, in the morning, the, the voltage is low, and that's the only time that the fan in the back will work. Um, as soon as the, the voltage kicks up, you know, headlights get brighter, which is about 30 seconds, then the fan in the back stops working. Well, that's an odd one. <laughs> there's, there's a uh, well. I, it's an odd one, but it's probably not a big deal. There's a module, uh, you know, the the climate control module that controls that. Unfortunately, there's no warning light that comes on to tell you about that when when something's going on like that. But but if you took it into the shop and they uh, checked your climate control computer, they'll find that <clears throat> there's some code stored in there relating to the rear heat blower motor and um you know that the the rear heat is controlled by a solid state uh uh relay and if that relay is is going bad and it sounds like maybe it is then the blower motor will do that sometimes those blower motors will only work for a few minutes like that i mean it's an electric motor or not even a few minutes but a, a short period of time like that when they're cold as soon as they warm up a little bit they can it can cause them to seize up, and mm. and so that might happen. It might just be a coincidence that it's uh, when the low voltage is going, but maybe not. I mean, that's that's odd. I haven't heard that before, but but uh, you never know with a car. But I think if you took it in and had your um, computer con- or your uh, your climate control module scanned, they'll find that there's a code stored in there, and then that'll give you more information as to what to do about it. All right, Pete, good luck with that. I know we have to break, but I want to get, uh, I mean, heat is an important issue this time of year. Well, it doesn't seem like it today, but <laughs> it will be, won't it? But Linda has a question from Winthrop. Linda, you're on CCO with Dan. Hi, good morning. Morning. Um, I have a 2013 Kia Sorento, um, 53,000 miles so far, and the driver's side seat heater when I turn it on the high setting, it'll start heating my seat, and after about 20 minutes, half an hour or so, it will go off, and the mid-light will blink, and I cannot turn it off at all, So unless I stop the car and, and turn that off. So is that a fused or electrical? It's electrical. That That's not a... a I, what I imagine is happening is there's some sort of uh, climate con- or temperature control thing that's not working correctly, and it gets to a certain temperature, and the flashing light that you're seeing is probably a warning light. You know, the light switches to a flashing mode to tell you that there's a problem. When you shut the car off, everything resets, and it comes back to life for a while and, until that happens again. Um, but the the fact that the light is flashing is information for us. We can access that information and find out what's going on with the seat and and uh, and then let you know but 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 
in order, you know, that the, the seat heater has to have controls. It needs to have sensors so that it doesn't overheat and burn up the seat. And uh, and how that works is the it the, it gets to a certain temperature and then it'll it'll turn the the uh, electrical power down to a level that keeps it at the right temperature. And so when that's not working right, it says, "Oh, we better just bail out of this thing." And the light starts to flash, and uh, so that's your warning. But a shop like yours would be able to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do right. some detective work. Yep. Flash right. flashing lights are almost always. A warning. There's something that, that you need to do about it. All right. There you go, Linda. Thanks very much. We have to take a, a quick break here. Uh, Daryl, you're going to be next, and then we're going to pick up on some uh, text messages, too, here on CCO's Car Care Show. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with uh, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which, by the way, located where on Grand? We are right at 982 Grand Avenue, which is between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call. Nick will be there this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. All right. Uh, Daryl, we promised we'd be next up on the phone, then we'll grab some text messages. Uh, Daryl, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Just a quick one for you. I've got a little Kia Soul. And I'd like to put some uh, good quality snow tires on the front. And the question is that that's not a problem with leaving the same same tires on the rear as long as all fours are the same size. Is that correct? Well, um, professionally, they would tell you that it will not break and handle uh, quite properly if you don't have the same good tra- – breaking especially if you don't have the same good traction on – on all four wheels. All four. So I would warn you about that a little bit. It's going to handle different. People do it. I mean, people do it often. Uh, they want the traction in the front, and they don't want to spend the money right. for the right. rear. But uh, there's there's arguments in both cases as to when you put new tires on, you're supposed to put them on the front or the rear. And uh, if you want the best handling, uh, not the best traction, but if you want the best handling, the good tires should be in the rear. Uh-huh. So, I think that for the little bit more money, I would probably put all four snow tires on, and I think you would be happiest with that. Yeah, the best way. Yep. Thank you, Daryl. Good question. Uh, we'll pick up on more calls, too, but I don't want to forget our texters. Here's one, Dan. Uh, 2013 Hyundai Elantra with a backup camera that just stopped working. Suggestions for a fix? Well, I'd, I'd have to start with my computer. I can get information out of your backup camera system. Um Oftentimes, it's a wiring problem. Uh, you know that the uh, the camera just needs wires going to it, and of course that and and that goes to a, a screen. And uh, and uh, but but the camera itself is oftentimes back in the bumper somewhere or mm-hmm. exposed in the tailgate. It's often exposed, and and that's where the problem is uh, in the wiring going back to the camera. Okay. Hi, Denny and Dan. Texter says, headlights on my Hyundai flicker slightly at idle. When the RPMs are increased, the flickering stops. Any concerns? Well, no. uh, I would say not a concern necessarily, but be aware. What's happening at idle is you don't have quite enough uh, output from your alternator. And because you probably at idle have your heater on and your rear window defogger and you've got a large demand on your alternator and it's not quite keeping up and you're seeing that in your headlights as they flicker a little bit so uh, be aware 
that uh, the alternator is probably not putting out quite as much as it used to. might go on like that forever. Uh, so I'm not suggesting that you go have your alternator replaced, but but be aware that uh, it might be getting tired, and that's probably what's making the difference. Okay. Comment from uh, D, and then we'll have to take a quick break here. Uh, D from Maplewood here says, thanks for your comment about getting older batteries replaced. I realized my battery was at least six years old, so I replaced it immediately. I've been... Saved from a potential disaster. Well, you thank know, you very much. It's not it would, <clears throat> would not be a I wouldn't call it a disaster, but it certainly would be uncomfortable to be out, you know, having dinner or something, and it's late in the evening, and you want to go home, and your car doesn't start. It's yeah. really uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable situation, and none of us needs that. Nobody needs to deal with that, and and uh, you're going to have to get a new battery someday anyway. So do it before it fails, there rather than waiting till it to be fail. proactive. Right. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to have a look at that forecast, and we'll come back with more phone calls and text messages here on CCO's Car Care Show. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show around every Saturday in the 7 o'clock hour. Dan Burns will be here for about another oh, 8, 10 minutes or so before Jack Farrell uh, and his wine chat. So, uh, Dan, let's, uh, let's see if we can help out some folks here before you take your leave. Chad is calling from Duluth, I believe. Chad, thank you. What's your question? Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Um, so I was just calling. I have a 2014 Honda Pilot and a CRV, and uh, coming up here, you know, I'm going to need to replace, you know, shocks and things as they get older. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on, you know, aftermarket parts um, or more like high performance parts, like spark plugs or shocks, um, you know, things that may make the car run differently or perform differently, and whether or not that's good or if I should just stick to, like, like Honda parts. Uh, I'd say either are fine. Truthfully, the like with regards to spark plugs, I'll just use that as an example. Um, a spark plug, pretty much, if it creates a spark uh, between the gap, uh, that's all it needs to do. And... And, you know, some people say, well, you need a, a, hard, a hotter spark or a different spark or a bigger spark or whatever. But the, the car was engineered to run. The cylinder was engineered to fire off the spark that's happening from the original equipment spark plug. And I don't know that improving the quality of – I don't know that if you improve the quality of that spark – that it makes a difference inside the combustion chamber, uh-huh. and I'm not an engineer, so I, you know, I couldn't couldn't back that up. But it seems to me that if the cylinder gets a spark and fires like it's supposed to, uh, I mean, once once the spark happens, the spark plug has nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. It's out of it's out of play. Um, so, you know, being a mechanic and not an engineer, in, in my thinking is that. If if it creates a spark, that's all it needs to do, and more spark probably doesn't help, huh. and or a different spark probably doesn't help. But or maybe even a different spark might be worse if it's not the spark that the manufacturer recommends. Um, now I have seen where if you put a different spark plug in a car or the wrong spark plug in the car, it creates a misfire. Mm. In other words, it doesn't spark right, and it causes a problem in the cylinder, and it doesn't fire at all. So. With with that, you know, with with speaking of, of spark plugs, that's just an example. But uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of things <clears throat> that you can do to the car to try and make it better. 
Uh, I think some work and I think some don't work. Uh, some are a good deal and a good idea and some are, uh, quite frankly, a bad idea. You should not do them. And uh, so uh, one thing is for sure, if you uh, treat the car with original equipment parts, it will continue to perform the way that it was built and engineered yeah. to, to Safest way, yeah. But now, that also being said, when you start to change the suspension and things like that, it can make it way more fun to drive. Oh. And, and so, <laughs> uh, you know, be, beware of that, that there's lots of fun things you can do. Uh, that's why I say some things are a good idea if that's, what, if that's what you're chasing and that's what you want to do. If you want a high-performance vehicle and you want to change it from original equipment, you can do that. But, but as far as being dependable and reliable, if you put original equipment stuff on, it'll work best. Treat you well. Yep. Thanks, Chad. JC's calling in from uh, Minneapolis. JC, you're on CCO with Dan. <laughs> How's it going, Danny? Good. Um, First-time caller, long-time listener. I just moved here from Syracuse. Well, welcome to the welcome to the cities. I, I tell you, if this is what you call winter, uh, take places in the uh, <laughs> East Coast. Well, what can we do for you, JC? Um, I have a question. I just bought a, a uh, 1980 Dodge Diplomat that has the police interceptor in it. And there's a weird handle underneath the dash on the driver's side. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what the heck it goes to. Somebody said back in the day when they put the interceptor in there, it was supposed to be um, supposed to be like something for the carburetors and such, but I've never heard of such things. Uh, I, I have not either. <clears throat> I, I guess my suggestion would be uh, get under there and see if, if it's a handle and it's connected to a cable uh, and goes perhaps through the firewall. You could get under there and find all that, see where the cable goes, find the cable on the other side of the firewall if that's where it goes, and see what it goes to and see what it's about. But that's it. It'd be an interesting uh, search to find out what that's about or or what it's you know what happens. But uh, I'm old enough to know that vehicle, and I don't ever recall there being some sort of handle to change the performance of it. But that doesn't mean that somebody didn't do it somewhere along the line. So I that'd be my suggestion is follow the cable, get under there with a flashlight, see where it goes and, and uh see what and then you'll have a better idea about what it's about. All right. J C welcome to what we lovingly call CCO land. Thanks thanks for the call. Keep listening if you can. Uh let's see. Uh Dan a text says I currently have a twenty thirteen Traverse that came with black plastic caps over each of the lug nuts on each tire. How can I remove them to change a tire? Will you just pop those off? What's <laughs> <No>. the deal? <laughs> if you, actually, if you look back in your spare tire compartment, you'll find a little horseshoe-shaped uh, clip that you put over the – they actually clip onto the top of those, and you pull those off. Audi has the same thing. They're little black covers that go on there. Or you, you can If you can't find that little clip, you can buy one for a couple of dollars uh, at the parts store. But, okay. But, but, uh, yeah, they come off, and then you can get the, the your um, socket on the actual lug nut. So if you don't have one, go to an auto parts store. Yeah, or you, you can they come right off. There's nothing to oh, it. Oh well. you can just get a, get in there with a with a any kind of hook or something and pull them off. Pop them but, off. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, let's see. 2001 Monte Carlo transmission starting to whine. Fluid level is between the hash marks. What is causing this? It's got 173,000 miles on it. Yeah, well, a wine uh, is oftentimes low fluid, 
you told me that the fluid is full. So if that's the case, then uh, then the noise is coming from the pump, and that's not a good noise. That's a that's a struggling pump when they start to whine. So I would warn you that uh, might be like that forever. But uh, keep the fluid full and see what happens. But uh, but it's a warning that the pump is failing. A question about GM's three point six liter timing chains. I didn't think steel timing chains would stretch. They do. They do? They do. We change them often. And not only do the timing chains stretch, but the uh, the timing chain um, uh, um, tensioners uh, wear also. And so that uh, that that stuff in regards to a timing chain, that stuff all fails, and we, re- we repair oh, that okay. stuff often. So it's so, not unusual. Yeah, not unusual. Well, it's, un- it's unfortunate, but, yeah. but not unusual. All right, let's see. We have, I know you have to leave here shortly. Uh, 2001 Prius hybrid, 328,000 miles. Drives fine. Then while driving, engine appears to rev up. Will not calm down until I pull over and shut off the engine. After that, it's fine for a while. Hmm. Some sort of computer control uh-huh. uh, operation that's not ha- not handling quite right. First thing I would find out is, is the check engine light on? If the check engine light's on and you've been ignoring it, it's time to see what's going on with the check engine light. Uh, have the computer scan and, and uh, see if there's a code in there and what it's relating to. But uh, the computer is is in control of all that stuff. One more quick one. I know you have to go. Oil sensor started leaking. Got it home. Fixed it. Lost two quarts. You feel any damage was done? No. Okay. No. I'm, on any car, the capacity is at least four quarts and... Uh, if there's two quarts in there for a short period of time, it'll be. I mean, there's there's oil that's being stored in the pan uh, to cool and to have extra extra quantity in there. But but two quarts is plenty for the vehicle to safely run on. So it did not hurt anything. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Come on over. That's the best thing to do. Well, I'll we, do that Tuesday. If you do that Tuesday. I look forward to seeing All you. Right. But how do we find uh, find you? We guys? are at nine eighty two. Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Denny, you can put that into your into your map on your dash and you'll right. find us. <laughs> Not that I need that. 982 Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, automotive.net, or give us a call, 651-228-1316. We'll see you back here one week from today. Yes, sir. Thank you very much.